What's up, everybody? This is Stick to Football, Bleacher Reports, college football and NFL draft podcast. I'm your host, Matt Miller. Sitting alongside, oh, rocking the A's t-shirt. That's right. The uh, steroid era bash. My man, Connor Rogers. We're together. Steroid era is basically Connor. We're together in New York, and I have already accidentally carried away someone's laptop. I forgot what day it is. You're a mess, but we're going to get through this. Struggling, but we're going to do it. We're going to get through today because it's a free agency Wednesday. Frizzy hasn't even officially started. Technically not, but in nine minutes of legal, the, legal tampering, we had a deal right. with the Raiders signing Trent Brown. Yeah, it's so. about how long it took me to get married the first time, so I get it. And the end of and it. And divorce. Yeah, yeah, so so it, was a quick, it was a good nine minutes. It was a nice run. But we are going to go through this entire show just looking at the free agents, if my voice holds up. Yeah. And no draft on draft, no fixing teams, but I know you guys have been dying for free agency previews. We're going to give that to you, plus... One of my favorite players, I think Melo's favorite player in the draft, DeAndre Baker, is going to call in. So we're going to get a chance to talk to a first-round corner. I mean, we've put him to the Chiefs at, what, 29 so many times. I mean, really, Melo has put him to the Chiefs so many times. So it's going to be awesome to talk to one of the top corners in this draft on today's show. We're going to go through every deal that's signed so far. There's been a ton of them. I mean, yes, there are a couple big names still left on the market, but a lot of this is dried up already. Free agency, it ain't free. There's been a lot of money spent. Matt, let's start with the Raiders because... Because they made the first move before free agency that was the splash, acquiring Antonio Brown, but they weren't done. They go out, they sign Trent Brown within the first 10 minutes of the window opening up. Huge, huge money. And then they go and get LaMarcus Joyner for their secondary. How are you yeah. feeling about these moves? I like it. And we have been very critical of the Raiders 100%. on this podcast. But when a team makes a good move, I'm going to say they made a good move. I thought they got Antonio Brown for a very good value with third and fifth round picks. Obviously, the contract is huge, but that's this was what it is. And I'll say this now. I'm probably going to say it a lot today. I don't care about the salary cap because it's going to go up. It's fake money. It's like a gut. It's the speed limit. It's a suggestion. Yeah. You can break it. Everyone does. You can break it. You can manipulate it. You can make it work for your team. So I don't, don't yell at me about the salary of these players, guys. I like the Trent Brown signing, even though it was huge. They had to, I think, go all in to protect Derek Carr or Kyler Murray. So whether Trent Brown plays left or right tackle, he was a great player for the Patriots. I think the LaMarcus Joyner signing is their best signing so far because they had such a weakness in the middle of the field defensively. Now you get a premier nickel guy, whether he's going to play as a true free safety or stay in that nickel spot where he was with the Rams. He gives you a chess piece back there. I'm with you all the way. I look at LaMarcus Joyner and a lot of people are saying, well, now they have him and Carl Joseph on the back end of their defense guys that are 5'10", 5'9", kind of players. But these guys can cover. And the Raiders simply needed more players that can do that coming out of this free agency. I think back to Trent Brown. I think the biggest thing you can hope out of this is, one, that he continues to be as good as he's been, really, as he was with New England, and then obviously was pretty good as last year with San Francisco. Tom Cable, I don't really have a ton of faith in, but they put big money into Trent Brown. I have no faith in Tom Cable. No faith in Tom Cable. And now, how does this affect their former first-round pick in Colton Miller? Is he going to slide over to the right? Do they keep him on the left? I would. He struggled at left. He did. He got beat a lot. And I I think he wasn't someone I liked coming out of UCLA, but there was athletic tools there. So I I think you look at that and say Trent Brown was just a Pro Bowl-caliber left tackle for for the Patriots. If you're paying him that much money, I would expect that he stays on the left side. Colt Miller goes back to the right side, but it's it's been an interesting offseason, and they're not done yet. I, I want to preface, we're recording this at noon on Wednesday. Earl Thomas is still out there. Le'Veon Bell is still out there. They're still some very good players. I don't think the Raiders are done making big moves. I don't think so either. There was some current concerns about the cash that they have versus the cap space, yeah. but after that, the Joiner deal got reported, so... 
and here's another thing to keep in mind, Matt. They have to really save a lot of bonus money because they have three first-round picks. So that draft capital that they have at the end of the day will cost them some money. I think this is a good start for the Raiders because you do solve two of your biggest needs off the get-go, and you don't pigeon yourself into this hole in the draft where you're constantly drafting for need with premium picks. So excited to see what John Gruden can do. Like you said, they're not done. Another team with a gigantic haul, my team, the New York Jets, come away early with C.J. Mosley, Anthony Barr, and Jamison Crowder. Those are some big money signings at the top here. I, like Matt said, am a fan of teams that spend when they have it. You are in a rookie window here with you Sam Darnold. You got to allocate money to other positions. CJ mostly was actually one of the premier players on this market. Matt, it's, it's for a lot of money, but putting that aside, how do you feel about this addition? I love it. It's a great like, player. No, I, I fucking love it. Yeah. That's how much yeah. I like it. I had tweeted on Tuesday when I was flying or Monday. God, see, I don't even know what day it is. While I was flying up here that, CJ Mosley was my pick for the Jets. Like, that's who I wanted to get because not only is he a very good inside linebacker, it's about culture, leadership, toughness on defense. You said it earlier on on one of our shows. Jamal Adams said they need dogs. Well, they wouldn't got the the lead lead dog dog. at CJ Mosley. So I love that. And I I don't want to skip over CJ Mosley to get to Anthony Barr, but can I just can I go ahead? I know something's bubbling up right now. You're if one more person on Twitter tells me that Anthony Barr <laughs> not is not an edge, I'm going to throw this laptop against the podcast wall. At least it's yours this time and not someone else's. That's Matt true. was just running around <laughs> with someone else's laptop. Oh, it's been a day. Anthony um, Barr could play the edge. I scouted this dude at UCLA. Yes. He can play the edge. He's athletic. He didn't in Minnesota. But let me tell you what, scouting, the first rule of scouting, what can you do? Not what have you done. Not what can't you do. It's what can you do. And he was out of place as an off-ball linebacker. He can't cover. So have him come in. Greg Williams is a lot smarter than me or you combined. Much smarter than me. At playing defenses. And people want to throw back, oh, well, he didn't know how to use Jabril Peppers. Okay. He didn't know how to use a rookie safety who is built like a linebacker. And was a little overdrafted at the time. A little bit. Who had, was probably a better running back than defensive player. Yeah. I'm okay with that. But Greg Williams knows what's best for his defense. And if he wants Anthony Barr coming off the edge, that's where Anthony Barr is going to play. And it's no mistake that when people like Adam Schefter were tweeting out earlier in the week that Anthony Barr was an edge. That's how NFL teams thought of him. So the Jets have, with C.J. Mosley and Anthony Barr, crossed off two gigantic needs. I think this sets them up to take Quinn and Williams at three overall and just go out and just wreck people this season. I completely agree. This has a trickle effect of where you got a premier player at inside backer and CJ mostly you got a premier player in Anthony Barr that like Matt said is going to be asked to rush the passer more in New York. That's how the coaching staff views him. He'll be moved around a lot. And at the end of the day, it doesn't pigeon you, pigeonhole you at number three where you have to take Josh Allen. Maybe they're not comfortable taking him there. Maybe they are. Maybe you could trade out. And go, I know pe- people are concerned about still a little bit the center position, the interior of this offensive yeah. line, even after adding Osemele. Maybe you can make a trade back and figure that out as well. The Jets have done a nice job of not just spending the money, but getting, I think, the right pieces in there, including Jamison Crowder, who, right. if you watch Sam Darnold at USC, his guy was Deontay Burnett. Jamison Crowder is the premium version of that. He's the best slot receiver that was available. I know there was some love for Adam Humphreys out there, but I, I really, really think that Jamison's going to be great for them. And, and being able to just focus on a role. And finally, have a good rece- a good quarterback getting him the ball. So I I really liked that signing. That was their first signing, and everybody's like, oh, that the Jets were a little slow to come out of the gates, but I thought they closed really well. And there's still a chance, like I said, 
it, uh, correctly now, it's Tuesday when we're recording this, and we could still see Le'Veon Bell or Matt Paradis end up as a New York Jet. Maybe, probably not both, but maybe. That would be pretty wild. But And this also, one last thing on the Jets, opens the door for Darren Lee to be traded. Thank he, God. He, he will be moved. Um, I mean, the, the reasons don't have to be explained why they got better players. He they ended the year fits. on suspension, too. Yes. And he was okay last year, but overall for a first-round pick, he has not lived up to that. Not to make this stick to the Jets, RIP. But <laughs> Rest in peace. In peace. Sometimes GMs make mistakes. Yep, Christian Hackenberg. Darren Lee. Yeah. And you have to move on from those mistakes. Uh, who is the receiver from Ohio State? Smith that Devin they drafted. Smith. Devin Smith. Devin Glass Smith. That was a mistake. Yeah. And this, I think this offseason has covered those mistakes where, you know what, they, they didn't draft an edge rusher. And, and okay, they signed one. Darren Lee has been a bust. Okay, well, now you signed CJ Mosley in yep. upgrade. You you didn't get your slot, your speed receiver. Now you're doing Jamison Crowder. So I like that move for them a lot. Yeah. The Cleveland Browns Love haven't this. done a whole lot, but I like it. The one move they, they made. traded for Olivier Vernon. That was the big one. But then they go out and sign Sheldon Richardson. And if you want to talk about the best defensive lines in football, you better talk about Cleveland. How can you not right now? Miles Garrett. Larry Ogunjobi, Sheldon Richardson, and Olivier Vernon with Emmanuel Ogba as, as your th- wave. Yes. Like, it's pretty good. It's excellent. And, by the way, they still have an explosive offense, and they picked up Cream Hunt this offseason. It's, like, listen, they need help in the secondary still. But they pick at 17. They, they could still draft a corner. And at the end of the day, I know they were in the C.J. Mosley mix too, but maybe they can get a guy like Devin Bush now in the first yeah. round. So if you're the Browns, where all you've been told is D-line, 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 and all the mock drafts, we are guilty of it. Now you look at it, you go, forget it. Stacked I had Christian Wilkins going there for so long. Yeah, and before Jeffrey Simmons got hurt, that was a popular pick for them. I think when you look at what the Browns did here, they were smart. They got a player that when Sheldon Richardson is given one-on-ones on the interior, he's really effective. I mean, yeah. when he was playing with Muhammad Wilkerson, when Wilkerson was in his prime as a star, Richardson was a dominant interior presence. Now you go with, like Matt said, Ogunjobi, uh, Miles Garrett, who's just an absolute stud, and of course Olivier Vernon, who I think will bounce back very strongly this year. Yeah, it's a great, great front four for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, it really is, man. Really is. People are tweeting that Le'Veon Bell got signed, but I haven't seen it. So, like, we can't break news, you know, like live. But if it happens, we're going to talk about it. So we're keeping an eye on Twitter. Let's move on <sighs> to the <laughs> uh, to to the Detroit Lions. I'm gonna skip ahead. Well, they have added names, man, and it's like. I called them the Detroit Patriots. They got Danny Amendola. They got Trey Flowers. That's probably the big splash. He was considered one of the top five available free agents in this class. They got Jesse James, a good number two tight end, and they got corner Justin Coleman. So, so far, a good group. And I know that that Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn wanted to come into this offseason and find guys who fit his mentality. Like his tough. locker room, culture, buying in is the big phrase. So you used. get two guys who know him from New England. Trey Flowers knows him very well because he played under him. Yep. And it also fills the biggest need on this team. So at eight overall, you talked about trickle-down effect. I wonder if this puts them in the mix for a, a TJ Hawkinson at tight end because Jesse James is is not the kind of guy that you sign and then don't worry about tight ends. And one thing that I heard uh, Monday uh, talking to a lot of people around the league trying to figure out the domino effects was that there are a lot of teams that view this tight end class as so good and the receiver class is so bad. So you'll see teams like Detroit where they need another pass catcher. Maybe they don't like a receiver at eight, but they like a tight end. Or like my Niners, my kind of my Niners. Your Chiefs, your Niners, but, your yeah, Patriots. I'm, I'm an NFL fan. If they they need a receiver, but they might they might go tight end at 36 because they don't like the receiver class. So I think when the Lions, 
that's something to keep in mind. Like they just need weapons offensively, even after adding Danny Amendola. So they could be a team that's still in the market for a tight end. And I think underrated in all this is that Justin Coleman is a really good player right now. Yeah, that fits. I believe I read somewhere that him and Darius Slay were actually teammates in high school, which is kind of cool to see them reunited cool. at the next level. I think when you look at Flowers, he felt like, especially in this landing spot, one of the safer free agents in this market. He did not come cheap. There's no doubt about that. And he's not necessarily a pure pass rusher where he's going to have the sack totals like Cleo Mack, Frank Clark, Von Miller, but he's going to get after the quarterback. He's going to stop the run and he's going to buy into the coaching staff and help the players around him. So a, a really good offseason so far for Detroit. Very curious to see how they use that top 10 pick. Yeah, same here. All right, let's get to it. Mellow's Chiefs, a big one here. Splash. The Honey Badger. Splash. And I heard he was the top free agent target for them. It wasn't Earl Thomas. It wasn't Landon Collins. It was Tyron Matthew because they wanted someone who could play multiple spots. Who They could come in each week and Steve Spagnuolo could say, all right, this week you got to cover a tight end. This week you got to cover a slot receiver. Like, okay, well, now we have to play the Raiders and have Antonio Brown. You might be covering him. So they wanted someone who could be versatile in that secondary. They gave him a lot of money. But tons. I, I, I somehow in Houston he got forgotten about. I think because of JJ Watt and, and, and Justin Jeremy Reed Clowney, had a nice rookie Justin season. Justin Reed had a good season, but I love this move for them. It's a great move. I think what's great about it is it Veach comes out and is aggressive and goes with the plan and really rides it out. This is two years in a row now where last year it was Sammy Watkins is the guy, go get him. Yeah. Now this year it's Honey Badger, just go get it done. Now I was buying in a little more to the Earl Thomas, you know, kind of hype. We here. all were. Maybe Landon Collins. But at the end of the day, you got a very productive safety. And as Matt said, the reason for this is versatility. It's a chess piece for them that could even blitz out of the corner spot. I think once again, it's a little bit of an attitude changer. It's a guy that comes in and maybe gives a defense a little more fire that could use it right now is they're losing a guy like Justin Houston. I, I mean, that's a big identity change. So if you're looking at Honey Badger, this is a signing where – yeah, it should have an instant impact, but you're hoping it has that two to three year kind of impact. Yeah, I, I would absolutely expect that it does. And we talked before about culture. This is a big one. Like they they have a void now. You know, you said it. Justin Houston's gone. You Marcus Peters is gone. Eric D Barry's Ford probably might be on be the gone. move. Yeah, if they could find someone to trade for him, all, yeah, all these teams keep keep signing the pass rushers. That takes us right into a team that I thought could be in the D Ford market, the Green Bay Packers. Nope, because they signed Preston Smith and they signed Zadarius Smith. Oh, and Adrian Amos. Great, great day for the Packers. One of my favorite offseasons. I know we're going to get into that, but a great day for defense and for the Packers because, you know, they're they're pretty set offensively. And yeah. one thing that I like that they're doing is they had some wiggle room this year with cap space. So they go, they're going all in. If this doesn't say all in to you about the Packers, who Aaron Rodgers is what, 34 years old? So like your your window is not closed. But it's not wide open. You're not the Chiefs, you no. know. So and they needed help. They need help. I mean, Mr. G, as we call him, getting his new head coach yeah. and giving him a lot of pieces to work with right away. Now I know Lafleur is an offensive guy, and they're going heavy on defense. But it's kind of like the Jets, right? Where you go in and you get Adam Gase. Gase is somebody like Lafleur. It's going to come in and said, "I'm going to take care of the offense. Give me a couple yeah. pieces here and there. Let's go draft." But let's go spend on the other side of the ball where I don't have as much control. They're doing the same thing. So uh, really exciting moves for a team that doesn't often come out swinging like this in the external market. It's a little new. I was joking earlier with somebody. I said, like, when the Packers sign free agents, do they get the entire town in a room? <sighs> right. And they all take, like, votes on who to sign. All the shareholders. And they walk the around, like, church with a basket and everyone, like, throws in Jeez, cash. They should. That'd be great. It'd be awesome. It's basically but, what they do when they print those stock certificates. Yeah. 
it'd be sweet. But we're going to take a break, and we got a lot more of these signings to break down right after this. Connor, we're back, buddy, and we got more free agent moves to talk about. Tennessee Titans, and by the way, Melo and I will be in Nashville Thursday night, so if you want to ask us about these in person, you can. Check out our pinned tweet. They add Adam Humphreys, but they also keep Kenny Vaccaro, which I thought was a huge move for them to keep someone who had such a phenomenal year for them that allows them to move on from Jonathan Cyprian. But Adam Humphreys is super important as a slot receiver for Marcus Mariota. 100%. And if you listen to Mock Draft Monday, I gave them TJ Hawkinson and us as a group agreed, Marcus Mariota needs some more short area targets. And when you look, that's what TJ Hawkinson is probably going to be at the next level. But they go out and got a receiver and Adam Humphreys that can be that. A super effective slot receiver over the last couple of years in Tampa Bay. I think this is such a good fit there. I actually thought the contract numbers were pretty good here. I thought the market value was nice on a four-year deal for Humphrey. So a good job by Tennessee and just helping out your quarterback with such a reliable weapon. Another team that might not have gotten the contract value because they backed up the Brinks truck here. The Washington Redskins giving Landon Collins a six-year deal, which... Now, I know on the, on the surface of that, Matt, it looks crazy, but let's not forget, Landon Collins is one of the younger premier free agents I think in this class. Four twenty-five. He turned 25 this winter, so he will enter the season at 25 years old. I don't think safeties really age that poorly in the NFL in comparison to a lot of other positions, especially downhill safeties like Landon Collins. I'm trying to refrain from ever using the term box safety because yeah, it's almost it. disrespectful at this point. You look at Landon Collins, Washington is a team that's in a tough position because They lost Alex Smith, and they owe him a lot of money for injury-guaranteed money. I think they're a team that's trying to figure out if they have to blow things up or keep trying to win. Landon Collins is a piece that it doesn't matter because he's going to be there for a very, very long time, whether it's through a rebuild or whether through it's a rebound. They love those Alabama players. Absolutely. They have Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Landon Collins. There's more. There's more, yeah. They traded for uh, HaHa Clinton Dix last offseason. I I know he's a free agent, but... Yeah, I mean, they they love those Bama boys. Good for them because they're pretty good football players. And they'll players. draft Tua in 2020. Yeah, I no joke. That's a good point. I don't hate this signing at all because, like I said, I don't care about the salary no. cap because it's fake. And it will just go up. Next year, someone will become a free agent and make more money than this. It's, I'm happy for Landon Collins because he slipped in the draft, went, went in the second round, yep. and he finally got his payday. And to get $45 million guaranteed over the first three years is a huge win for him. It's a huge win for safeties. I was glad that he came out and set the market super high. Yeah, and I thought it was a situation where if you look at it, you're always happy for a guy that didn't want anything to do with the franchise tag and it ends up actually winning in that situation. He definitely did. So, I mean, awesome for Landon Collins. Awesome for the Washington Redskins. Curious to watch how they draft because I really do want to know, are they going to try to ride this year out and just kind of, I mean, if you're going to start Colt McCoy, you are tanking. There's no way around it. Or Case Keenum. Or Case Keenum, you're still tanking. And then go for a quarterback in 2020. It's good to get foundational pieces in there no matter what. Speaking of quarterbacks. (laughs) Man. Teddy Bridgewater staying with the Saints. uh, Smartest player move probably across the board. I I am so happy for Teddy. Take it it away, Mr. So happy for Teddy Bridgewater. He had starting offers, by the way. He could have gone to Miami and been the starting quarterback. So, the fact that he's staying with the Saints with an eye toward being the quarterback of the future there, once Drew Brees retires, which there are people that think that could happen after this coming year. So where would you rather go, Connor? To throw to Devontae Parker? <laughs> I like how you phrase this. Because you know I love Miami. To as a stay place. <laughs> in New Orleans and have Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. I mean, shit, he's not even going to have Devontae Parker probably by the end of how this offseason yeah. goes. It sounds so. like they just re-signed him. So. Listen, when it comes down to it for Teddy... 
don't go to Miami. I mean, they they're almost telling people at this point that they might lose out this year and try to get a quarterback. So right. do you don't want to do be it. the guy that's just getting killed? They just lost Juwan James. Let's not forget. I mean, they need to do some repairing on that offensive line. So if you're Teddy, you stay in New Orleans. You're somebody that has not made a ton of money in the past, but made a lot of money as a you know a former high pick. Yeah. And let's be real. He loves it in New Orleans. He loves playing behind Drew Brees where eventually he can take over under Sean Payton. And you said the most important thing at the end there, Matt. Look at this offense. Yeah. Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas. When the Saints gave up a third-round pick to get Bridgewater from the Jets, this was in the back of their heads that this wasn't Without a, a, doubt. a it, backup rental. This yeah. was a long-term plan. It wasn't one year in case Brees got hurt. No, I honestly believe it was Sean Payton saying, you know what, we can get our next starter for a third-round pick. We're going to go ahead and do it. He's... 26 years old. He doesn't even turn 27 till November. Yeah, they're fine. They're fine. We skipped over this one. The Colts got Devin Funches for $13 million. Well, I kind of just kicked it down. the. I kicked Uh. the can down the road because we've been saying this for months. Chris Ballard was not going to come out. He wasn't going to give Landon Collins $84 million. And he, I mean, he wasn't going to do that for a lot of guys. There was rumors they were on CJ mostly. Funches one year, $13 million. I don't like Devin Funches. I don't either, and I don't think he'll ever see $13 million, by the way. But at the end of the day, he is better than their receivers not named T.Y. Hillen. Yeah, without a doubt. So everyone laughed and made fun of the Colts when they signed Eric Ebron last year, and look how well he did. That's my fear, is that Funches catches 12 touchdowns. I ain't saying anything. I mean, he's going to drop 20 balls, but it's fine. Yeah, I just I know it's their philosophy to really be an internal team, draft and extend. I would have liked to see them be just a little more proactive on yeah. this market. I, I agree. They have a lot of money. And, you know, as we're recording, they're still Tyrell Williams is still out there. Like they they're some of the targets we expected them to go after, Ronald Darby, like those guys are still available. So they could still be aggressive. But I also, you know, like on one hand you have like the Jets who they have to win. Have to win now. They had to spend the money. The Colts don't. No. They don't have to win They won last year when they weren't supposed to. So if you're the Colts, keep this thing moving. You draft well. You have extra picks this year still thanks to the Sam Darnold trade. It's not the end of the world. Everyone relax. It'll be okay. I think fun just will help. I I just would have liked to see a little more impact. Maybe they do in that wave two, wave three of free agency. One that is risky and was expensive, but should make an instant impact for an offensive line that needs help is Mitch Morse, the Bills. Matt, I know you're very familiar with Morse, not just from scouting him, but from playing with the Chiefs. Yeah. What kind of upgrade does this bring to Buffalo? There was a time early in his career where I thought that he could be one of the top three or four centers in the league, but he hasn't stayed healthy. And it's it's concussions, which is a little bit scary. But, man, when on the field, he is one of the best centers out there. And Josh Allen needs this. They need that interior help. That's an offensive line that is being remade. Uh, We're seeing it happen, like, real time as they try to to figure out how to protect for him. So I like Mitch Morse a lot. Like you said, it was an expensive deal. But to to get someone who can be the anchor for an offensive line that is is going to be in flux to give him four years, $44 million, is not out of character, especially as the cap goes up. I still think that at nine overall, they could be a team that goes after someone like 
uh, Jawan Taylor from Florida. Like, they're not done. I don't Jonah think. Jonah Williams. Jonah maybe. Williams. Yeah. Like, I don't think Buffalo's done trying to fix this offensive line and turn this into a potential strength because, you know, like, John Miller, the right guard's a free agent. Jordan Mills, right tackle, free agent. So they still have a lot of work to be done over there. Uh, they certainly do. And the reason I do call this a risky deal off the top is that Mitch Morse is somebody, when you look at the last couple of years, and some of it's because of concussions, which is always scary. Uh, he missed, I think, five games in 2018, and he missed half the season in 2017. So you'd like to see him get back to that rookie and sophomore year form where he was starting every single week and playing at a very high level. I think the Bills feel comfortable that medically he checked out and he can do that. So hopefully that is a big, big aid to Josh Allen next year and even a run game up in Buffalo. The Rams keeping Dante Fowler, I think this yeah. surprised some people. It did. It was kind of the first free agent move, and it was a surprise because I, everyone thought he would try to go get a long-term deal. Instead, he stays on a one-year kind of prove-it deal, which I like. You know, keep the band together, and Dom Kinsu's a free agent. Obviously, we'll see where he ends up, but I liked the move to keep to keep excuse me Dante Fowler around yeah. for one year, $14 million. Like, that's not bad. They traded not assets bad. for him last year. Right. Yeah, the Rams are in a good... I mean, they're going to also be in comp pick heaven because they lose LaMarcus Joyner. So you probably wash there. But if Indama can sue, go somewhere else, you're going to get comp picks. Roger Saffold's a free agent. You're going to get a comp pick there. Like, they're... they're the Rams and Patriots right now are dominating the comp pick market. Without a doubt. And that's how they restack, reload. You could trade those picks now. So if there's somebody in the second round, you can yep. go back up and get them. And I think for Fowler, you stay with the coaching staff where you feel like you might have finally found a home and made it. He was only there for half a year and yeah. played really well. He was productive. So at the end of the day, this is kind of a win win for both sides where Fowler might be able to hit the free agent market next year at 25 years old and hopefully develop into the pass rusher that a lot of people think he could be. One more here on our gigantic rundown of free agents. Yeah, we're just ripping through it. Jordan Hicks going to the Arizona Cardinals. Along with so, Terrell Suggs. Yeah, surprise move for them, but I like Jordan Hicks. Again, another of those win-healthy type players. He has been fantastic. A very, very good coverage backer. Excellent range. Made a lot of big plays for them when he was on the field. It's just a matter of can he stay healthy, but this is a big need for them. It, it makes me wonder how they view Hassan Reddick. There was talk that he was on the trade block uh, throughout the middle of the season, so... With what they have now uh, in the middle of the field, could could Raddick be on the move? But this defense, man, could be dangerous. A lot of wave one free agency moves. Obviously, they're going to break down the rest of them on the Friday show. We'll be maybe doing some Instagram stuff while Matt's in town. So we're going to take a quick break and then give you our free agency rapid fire. Connor, it's time for a little rapid fire free agency style. So quick hitter. Let's go through this, buddy. What's your favorite signing so far? The Packers trio. I think the Packers are a team that usually doesn't like to get too crazy in the external market. I think they solved two gigantic area needs and pass rusher and safety. And when you steal one from the Bears, it feels just a little you bit You know, sweeter. I love that. I so, love when oh, you can take a rival. 100%. Matt, how are you feeling about What's your favorite sign? Oh, it's Honey Badger. Of course it is. And we didn't, we didn't talk about <laughs> Quan Alexander to the Niners because they've been pretty quiet. I liked that move. Uh, I'm so afraid of the Niners getting someone who's coming off an ACL because we've seen how that worked for them in the past. But they did fill a huge need there. So I, I, I wanted to go back on that. I did like the Quan Alexander move for the Niners a lot. And I expect them to get a little more active in wave two. And I saw a lot of people that were like, well, he hasn't played at a high enough level to warrant this. At the end of the day, you're looking for upgrades. And for the 49ers front seven, Quan Alexander is a gigantic off the ball upgrade at linebacker. Oh, God, yeah. Now they'll look for a pass rusher, probably in the draft. There might be a guy, Nick Bosa, available at number two. So we'll see how that 
that goes. Yeah. All right. Least favorite signing. <laughs> oh, you had one that I completely missed. We didn't talk about it because we didn't want to upset Bengals fans, but Matt is here to disappoint. I you. mean, because this is the dumbest pick or signing I've seen in a long time. Bobby it's, Hart. It's bad. Who is like people in the Giants will tell you he's like the fakest wannabe tough guy ever. Like he's a joke. No one respected him. him. Eric Flowers. He was a terrible player. The, the Bengals gave him 21 million over three years. So I mean, congratulations. Yikes. Uh, mine is sorry, Colts fans. Devin Funches, one year, thir- one year, 13 million. I, I just don't think forget the worth. Cause once again, it's a one year deal. Don't care about the cash. I just want to see Andrew Luck get better help than that. And, it's not sold, you know, Funchess is necessarily that guy. Hopefully they get another receiver in the draft to take some of the pressure off him and give him the one-on-one matchups he needs. Yeah. How about your favorite, or, or excuse me, the value? Uh, I'm going to go with probably Preston Smith here in Green Bay. I wanted to go Adam Humphreys. We talked about that one for a while because he's yeah. going to catch a ton of passes. Preston Smith, for me, is somebody that was in the Tier 2, Tier 3 of pass rushers. I think he just doesn't have the sacks on paper. I think he really has been a disruptive player, and he's still developing here. So I love the Preston Smith deal. Uh, I almost went with Adam Humphreys, actually. I I went with Adrian Amos, though. It's the Packers show now. Yeah, it really is. They waited until the market had settled a little bit. Landon Collins came off. uh, Tyron Matthew came off. And now we see Adrian Amos come in. It was reported at four years, $37 It's like, that's not bad. You're under under $10 per for a strong safety who's really talented and and had some big moments for the Bears. So not like a great playmaker, but again, if you can steal a 25-year-old safety from your rival at a big position of need, that's a pretty big, pretty big move. All right. The smartest player decision. Matt, no surprise here who you went with. No, I went with Teddy Bridgewater. I, we gave it away earlier in the show, but I, I love the decision because sometimes it's not about money or about the chance to go somewhere and start immediately. Like you said, Teddy Bridgewater has made enough to be able to be patient, to be smart, and to go to where he wants to be. Like sometimes we get caught up in like money or, you know, where should Le'Veon go to win a ring? And I, I heard a player say the other day, like, that ring isn't feeding my kids. Like sometimes you have to go where you have the, the situation Unless is right you sell for it you. On eBay. Unless you do that, yeah, then it's fine. Don't do it if you're in college. Be like our guy Malik Carney. Sell pair of shoes to get suspended for a season. Still bullshit. All right. (laughs) Smartest player decision for me was Dante Fowler. Listen, it's not bad when you can collect $14 million in one year and also play next to a guy called Aaron Donald, who is the greatest defensive player of these last 10 years. So Dante Fowler has played this right where he gets a lot of money up front. He's going to be super productive this year, I think. And if he is, Matt, he's going to hit the market at 25 years old at a premium position. So Dante Fowler, and he. speaking of selling rings on eBay, he might have one of those to sell no or keep whatever he wants after this Rams season. Did they give you an NFC championship ring? No, you probably just get like a little banner or a pamphlet. Well, you get the letter jacket, right? Yeah. Oh, the, uh, the patch for your letter jacket. God. How about the smartest team decision? I'm going with the Green Bay Packers going all in, <laughs> Packers, man. Packers, Packers, Packers. Boom, boom, I'm boom. okay with it. Uh, I know I'm going to get called a homer here, but I really haven't talked about them that much on the show. I think the Jets spending big was my smartest team decision because it goes in pattern with everything they need. This is a front office that was kind of on the ropes here and needs to win right now. So they went out and hired a coach with experience in Adam Gase, and now they're giving him players with experience on the free agent market, premium players for Greg Williams' defense and helping out Sam Darnold a little bit too with Jamison Crowder. So the Jets spending big, I like it. I don't care what people say. Like Matt says, salary cap is not real. It's monopoly money, dude. Phony. Yeah, I don't – okay. You get, we've seen it like Khalil Mack. Oh no, we're going to convert that. 
to a signing bonus. It just disappears. And we now have $11 million. In and cap. then the cap goes up next year, and it doesn't matter that you doesn't, kick the can down the road. Doesn't Teams matter roll over money. You could trade players. Unless you just completely fuck up the salary cap. Yes. Is workable. Like, here's one time where it could hurt. If Kirk Cousins got hurt, the Vikings, oh, yeah. the Vikings would be fully guaranteed. But that's like a rare kind yeah. of situation. So, all right. I don't worry about that. Last one. The free agent signing most likely to succeed. This feels like a yearbook. I was going to say, I did not get voted most likely to succeed. Neither did I. Did you get, did they do one for you? Yeah, I forget what I got. That was like, I'm not that young. It's a long time ago. I'm not that young. Superlatives. What a nightmare. I'm going to go look. I'd rather not. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Most likely to be arrested. Most likely to succeed. Sheldon Richardson for me, once again, you're playing in a front with the Cleveland Browns that has some pretty good players on it called Miles Garrett, Larry Ogunjobi, Olivier Vernon, Manny Ogba when he wants to come in and, you know, maybe rush the passer or stop the run. He's the fifth guy there now. Sheldon Richardson finally getting a pretty good payday, and I think he's going to be super productive in Cleveland this year. Who you got, Matt? I, I like those. I'm going with Trey Flowers, and I know that that's like not... You know, it's not a sexy one because, oh, yeah, he was a top five free agent, dumbass. But he's going to be really, really good in that Detroit defense. Most likely to succeed is often not sexy. It's smart. There's a difference. So Trey Flowers, man. How what a cool story. Fourth round pick and becomes one of the highest paid defensive ends in football now. I mean, it's it's tremendous. And if you're ever going to bet on a place where these players come from, it's it's called New England. So if you're a mid round pick or you're projected to be just. Pray you end up there. I think you'll be all right. Yeah. And then one of their assistants gets hired to be a head coach and will pay you a trillion dollars to come there. He's only 25. I mean, that's why when you look at what I liked about this year, you saw teams really trying to build cores. Yeah. They're signing players that are 26, 27 years old and three year windows. All the guaranteed money is up front. So Matt's looking at his phone like something big just freaks me out every single <laughs> right? time. Yep. There's people just tweeting that, uh, that Le'Veon is signed, but nobody's saying the team. Which is really convenient to do. Right. Course. It's doing the old, uh, hey, Justin Houston was released two days before he was released. Like, well, he's going to be. We know that. Oh, man. I mean, all right. John Brown to the Bills. One more here that we get in. They need targets for Josh Allen. And My you know John God. Brown can win deep. Yeah. I just want to see if John Brown can outrun Josh Allen's arm. He, he might be one of the rare people to do it. Yeah. He's fast. So Pride that, to Pitt State. That or they could draft uh, Nicole Hardman, DK Metcalf. Yeah, DK Metcalf. Oof, goodness. I hope just don't let him go to one of my three teams. That's all I'm asking for at this point. All right, we're gonna we're gonna wild day of <laughs> days of free agency. If you can't, oh, we're gonna be also on Adam Lefko's show. Just a reminder. For oh yeah, Wednesday. Too. So if you if you aren't tired of us. We're going to be on Lefko's show as well. Hopefully you aren't, and we are really excited because we're about to talk to DeAndre Baker. First round pick coming out of Georgia. So stick with us. We'll be right back. All right, Connor, we are joined by DeAndre Baker, corner out of Georgia, a player that we both believe is going to be a first round pick in the upcoming draft. DeAndre, thanks for joining us, dude. We appreciate it. How are you doing today? Doing great, man. I wanted to talk to you about uh, being a senior at Georgia. We want to talk to you about your draft preparation, your process, but we got to kick it off here. We have been putting you in the first round of every mock draft. I think we've done all year long. Is that the kind of feedback that you're hearing from your agent, from NFL teams, especially coming out of the combine? Is that do you expect to hear your name called on Thursday night? Oh yeah, definitely. I expect to hear my name called on Thursday night, and I just been hearing my name all the way around the first round. So just hopefully I get called on the first day. 
DeAndre, you're obviously a, a three-star prospect. You get to Georgia, and you had as much playing time, really, as any corner we've seen in the SEC over these last four years. Uh, what was it that made you really choose Georgia, and what was that experience like developing into a first-round kind of prospect there? Well, I chose Georgia because of the SEC team, and I wanted to play in the uh, best league in college football. But just playing at Georgia was a great experience, playing at Athens, you know, playing at top opponents, Alabama. Uh, Oklahoma, Auburn playing big opponents, you know, big-time games. So it was a great experience. Who was the best player you went against? I mean, hell, it might have been on your, your own team, man. They had some receivers uh, at Georgia that were pretty great the past few years. But uh, of everyone you faced, whether it was in the SEC or in a bowl game, who was that that guy that gave you the most trouble? As far as wide receiver? Yeah. Well, nobody ain't really give me no trouble. But, uh, <laughs> I <laughs> Best you see by face is uh, Calvin Ritten. Yeah, and it, you see his brother in practice, too. He's not bad either. Yeah. DeAndre, I know, obviously, the 40s, some people might think they speak for themselves, but you in a race just at practice against Nicole Hardman and Riley Ridley. Who's coming out on top in that one? I am. Oh, all right. <laughs> so you're faster than Nicole. I'm coming out on top. Uh, I love the co- you. Don't lack confidence, that's for sure, which is much needed in the NFL. It's a classic corner. Yeah. Like, yeah, you ain't gonna lose. So it sounds like you might be a little bit of a trash talker. What's your favorite line to spit at a receiver during a game? Like, if you're just you're just shutting down some kid, what are you yelling in his face? I don't know. It depends on the situation in the game, but I just probably tell him I'm here all day. Just something like that. Something simple like that. I like that. Now, I got to ask you because uh, I, we buried the lead on this. I'm a huge Texas fan, and I remember you were supposed to sign with us coming out of high school, and you didn't. You signed with Georgia. So I just want to let you know my heart is still broken, but I think it worked out for the best for you. <laughs> yes, it did. Yeah, so what what goes into that decision? I know you said earlier, like, you're being from Miami, you had a ton of offers, man. You could have played anywhere. So what was it at the – because it was kind of a last-second thing that made you switch. Just, just being in the SEC and being closer to uh, being closer to home. That's why I chose Georgia over Texas. And, and obviously, you recap. You know, you cap off your career winning the Jim Thorpe Award as the nation's best defensive back. But was chasing mm-hmm. that something that led to you returning for your senior year? Have you always had your eyes on something like that? Oh yeah, definitely. Ever since I got to college, I had my eyes on that trophy. But just coming back, I knew I had a chance to uh, get it. So. That was another factor that played a role. I came back. Now, just coming out of the combine, man, we know how stressful that week can be. Hell, it's stressful for us, so I can't even imagine what it's yeah. like for you guys. Y'all hear about like the crazy questions that players get asked, and being a, a high-priority player, what was some of the crazy things that teams were asking you? I heard some crazy questions, but I didn't get asked any. It was the other players got asked, so I can't speak on that. I didn't get any crazy questions. And they might have knew you were a little confident and stayed away from that, <laughs> I, I think. <laughs> now, whether it's a zone or man situation, I, I've seen people on Twitter speculate you're only a zone corner. I've seen other people say, no, nah, he can man up. He's got size. You're in a four five two. Like, What do you feel like is the strength of your game? Are you more of a zone guy? Are you more of a, a man player? Or can you do I think you're going to say you can do everything. I know what he's going to say. I can do I can do anything, whatever, <laughs> yeah. whatever they need me to do, I can do anything. As I was asking no the question. And, and coming from Georgia, where so many players go in the first, second, third round every single year, 
Is there any alumni or anyone really that you played with there that's in the league now that you stayed in touch with and gave you any advice? Oh, yeah, I, I still talk to Roquan, Stoney. So I still talk to guys like that. Pretty good one. Who kind of took you under their wing when you got there? Because like in that DB room, when you come in as a true freshman and being a, a very like hot recruit that everybody wanted, who was the guy that kind of took you in? Uh, well, he didn't play, he didn't play uh, DB, but it was our outside linebacker, like Leonard Floyd. He kind of like was showing me how to practice things like that, just the ropes around the program. Now, we've speculated all year long that you're going to end up a Kansas City Chief. So what is your favorite kind of barbecue? Because once you get up to Kansas City, which is where uh, our other co-host, Melo, and I hang out a lot, we got to take you out and show yeah. you around. So so what's your, what's your kind of barbecue do you like? Uh, just some chicken. Oh, that's easy. Simple. Yeah, I like that, man. He's yeah. just... Simple, just simple. guy. Just talk, <laughs> talk shit on the field and eat quietly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. oh, man. I love it, dude. Well, we are wishing you the best of luck, man. Again, we, we all think you're a first-round player. Excited to see where you where you end up, where you land, and we, uh, yes. we appreciate your time, man. Thank you. Thanks, DeAndre. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, we are out of here. Thanks again to DeAndre Baker for hanging out for a short amount of time. We know how busy he is. A little (laughs) little cocky, which I love it. Um, As we're recording this news broke, I don't know if Connor's seen it yet, but I'm going to throw it here at the end of the show. Anthony Barr, not going to the Jets. Whoa. He walked it it back. So all that Anthony Barr talk, goodbye. Forget it. He's staying with the Vikings. So he can go play off-ball linebacker for them and not be an edge for Greg I guess he just didn't want to get sacked. The Twitter talk got to him. He's like, man, maybe I can't play edge. So the Jets got some more money to spend, though. I can't wait to see. Oh, final big offer to Le'Veon there Bell. There it is. It could, it could happen. So Woo. that's why the podcast life is tough because news breaks while you're recording. But I, wa- I wanted to fit that My in. My God, what a way to end it. What a way. I'm just so, on the edge here. Right? Just toying with your emotions. Don't forget, guys, Mello and I will be in Nashville Thursday night at Honey Fire Barbecue recording the show live from there. You'll hear that Friday morning. And then the band will be back together Sunday for a little mock draft action that will come out Monday morning. So thanks again to DeAndre Baker. And thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you all real soon. Thank you.